If you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprite will get your show on every major podcast directory, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to another episode of Insightful Principles. Uh, Within this content, uh, what I want to highlight is one of the sessions that I got a chance to listen to at the Bitcoin conference that really stood out to me and wanted to share just some of the information uh, that was discussed amongst the different guests on the panel. Uh, So it was called the Bitcoin Macroeconomic Landscape. And they had four guests on the panel. Uh, They had Jeff Ross, Jeff Booth, Preston Syke, and Mark Moss. And uh, it was just a very good conversation around uh, just the macroeconomic standpoint of where Bitcoin is going, uh, where we're at now with it as just the global reserve currency, and what are some of the trends that we're seeing within our economy that is playing a prevalent role in just Bitcoin adoption and just how the technology is really the future of finance. So it was a really good conversation around inflation. Um, they talked about, you know, looking at economic cycles, looking at history and seeing where we're at. So I'm just going to hit on a few of those major points. So uh, Jeff Ross, uh, one thing that he said that stood out to me was don't trade Bitcoin, save Bitcoin. It is the ultimate savings technology. And they emphasized how, you know, with your checking account or your savings account, you're not trading that uh, when you are investing in something like Bitcoin, with it being a savings tool, uh, you're just simply wanting to stack your sats and you want to continue to keep making those investments for your future self over time and not uh, just trying to trade or time the market because that's not the way that Bitcoin is designed. It's designed as a store of value. Uh, so you're able to maintain your purchasing power when other things are devaluing in our economy. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Um, Preston Syke, uh, he went into what is really causing inflation and how that is not really Russia or Ukraine, but rather it's a breakdown of our supply chains uh, that's leading to negative real interest rates. And when I say negative real interest rates, uh, what I'm saying is, is when you look at inflation being at eight and a half percent, and that is the public numbers. Uh, when you look at uh, the older metrics back in 1980, inflation is somewhere in the double digits, but 
based on what they're telling us, we know the inflation is at eight and eight and a half percent. But then when you look at like a treasury bond, specifically like a 30 year treasury bond is yielding you only two point nine five percent. And uh, when I say yield, I'm saying a return of investment. So uh, once again, when when you're investing in a bond, um, it is a uh it's a debt payment that you are paying yourself as an investor towards the government. And then they're paying you back uh, during a certain period of time. And those payments are typically uh, semi-annually. So with the negative real interest rates, inflation is much higher than that yield that you're getting on a bond. So it's giving you a negative return of investment rather than a positive return of investment. So they were trying to say that you know, with everything going on with inflation and how it's affecting the bond market, um, we are seeing one of the biggest negative spreads within our lifetimes. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this um, since at least I've been living. You know, uh, it, it, we haven't seen at anything at this magnitude as far as the way debt uh the the amount of debt that we have in the economy the how much money is being printed uh on a yearly basis an annual basis so uh we're definitely in in interesting times and there is going to be uh Preston talked about how there has to be a repricing in the market where everything has to come back to a certain level to reset and go back to normal so he just really hit on that we have to look at this with caution on how it can impact the global economy and how all of this is going to lead to more money printing and more manipulation from central banking. So it was definitely very interesting uh, with Preston's take on how inflation has affected the bond market. Now, Mark Moss and Jeff Booth was probably the best individuals that I enjoy listening to. I mean, these guys are very like-minded. Um, they think really the same as far as they understand economic cycles they they know when things are changing within our economy and they really understand how technology uh throughout history of time we have different advancements with technology whether it was the internet uh whether we had the car uh when we moved from you know how they used to have more of those uh horse uh carriages and then we moved into us driving, you know, vehicles, uh, you know, with the combustion engine, and now we're seeing electric vehicles. So we have these different transitions and these different cycles uh, within history and within our economy. And one thing that they really talked about is how these cycles really happen every 250 years. So before we get back to the show, I want to tell you all about an awesome product that I'm using uh, Ledger. They are the largest crypto hardware wallet in the world. Um, they're trusted by over 2 million users worldwide. And the reason why you want to look into a hardware wallet is because you want to own your private keys. If you do not control your own private keys, you do not own your Bitcoin. A public key is when it's on a major exchange. A private key is when it's stored offline and it's on a hardware wallet. Another reason why you want to look into a hard wallet is exchanges have had a history of being hacked, um, not all but some, and hardware wallets they protect against you losing your funds. And the whole system of why Bitcoin was created was for decentralization, for security, where you can be your own bank and where you can be able to move money at ease between other people um, or whether you're moving money off of exchange to your crypto hardware wallet 
it gives you the ultimate control as an investor and you want to utilize those those benefits of being a part of this system of decentralization so if you go into the show notes and go to my affiliate link um you'll be able to look at all of the different products that ledger offers um like i said i have thoroughly enjoyed uh, my process of utilizing uh, the hardware wallet and it's the best way to be able to safely secure your crypto and it really ties into a book that i'm reading by ray dalio um and it's called the changing world order why nations succeed and fail and what they're what dalio is ex examining throughout this book book is he's looking at uh macroeconomic cycles with the u.s china and he's also looking at the british and the dutch empire and there were some other countries that he mentions in the book but pretty much he's stating that these nations usually rule for roughly 250 years and how there's a big economic debt and political cycles within them lasting about 50 to 100 years so within this session uh mark moss is really expressing how you know during this 250 year time frame uh we're seeing transitions between uh, centralization and decentralization and what centralization is is when there's a central authority we have a government uh, we have a federal reserve that controls a lot of our policies within the economy uh, whether it's uh, policies for you know interest rate changes or the amount of credit that can be implemented into the banking system and decentralization is it doesn't uh there isn't a central party uh but rather there's a collective group of individuals that really uh they have an impact on what happens within a protocol or within a network and that's what you see with bitcoin it's a collective uh effort amongst many different people that are contributing to the network rather with our current monetary system is very decentralized so they were high mark was highlighting how when we have too much government overreach um there's people that will push back you know during different times in our economic history and how there's also uh what's called financial cycles and that those happen every 80 years and that we're pretty much approaching the end of a long-term debt cycle when we see the federal reserve just printing a lot of money into the system and inflation is running much higher which we're currently seeing right now so he was really trying to emphasize that uh this causes people to lose trust in whichever currency that they use for money and people will start to transition into other assets that are going to maintain their purchasing power over time so it was interesting um and then he talked about like how technology uh has always been the driver and that you know we we're seeing a, con a convergence between our political financial and technology cycles all happening right now and how you know bitcoin is a decentralized revolution that's really happening right in front of our eyes and you know i thought that that was very interesting which it transitioned into jeff booth really discussing how there has to be a reset there has to be a change with the system because what we have now with our uh, central banking system everything is controlled by one entity and there's not any equality when we look at 
wealth within our society is is very either it's just one-sided when you think about it and they call this more of an, an eternal conflict and how you know they mentioned dalio's book jeff mentioned dalio's uh book as well throughout the panel and they were really highlighting that when we have different wealth gaps that are large and then when there is an economic downturn uh, there tends to be a lot of internal conflict in regards to who gets what and just dividing the pie. And when the Fed prints money or even when they buy financial assets, which is called quantitative easing, uh, this widens the wealth gap even more because the buying of the financial assets, they push the price up and it only benefits the wealthy who hold more financial assets than the poor. So Jeff really just talked about how, you know, there needs to be a transition uh, where it's not as uh, manipulative and that we don't have as much control with our central banks and that we move to something more decentralized where uh, it's, it's a lot more freedom and truth within the network. And one important aspect that Jeff highlighted was this concept of the velocity of money. And he talked about how when Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard back in August of 1971, uh, we moved to a credit-based system that was designed to drive the velocity of money. And the velocity of money is simply how long it takes for money to move from one entity to the next within the economy. So when you go take money out the bank and you go to get a haircut or you go to get your hair done, it's really measuring the rate at which consumers and businesses in an economy collect collectively spend money on goods and services. So dollars in our economy, they revolve around a credit debt based system. And then in order for the velocity of money to move, there's more debt money that has to circulate throughout the economy. So he really uh, emphasized that the most important aspect of the technology of Bitcoin is that it doesn't require debt for the velocity of money and that, you know, having more of a Bitcoin standard leads to less manipulation and it is a fixed supply. It's a programmable monetary system that's scarce and that can be changed and that can lead to just a better store of value in the medium of exchange within the economy. So um, these were some important points that I really enjoyed. Um, definitely, if you all enjoyed it as well, uh, listening to this episode, um, continue to rate, leave a review, um, continue to keep sharing this, you know, with your family and friends and, and let me know what you thought about this content and, and what were some aspects if you went to the conference or you watched it online uh what were some things that stood out to you during this session that they had on the macroeconomic landscape of bitcoin well thank you all for for listening and i'll see you next time